book as uh, the kids are studying lads to leaders this in the pearls book to going through the book of romans they've picked out certain lessons for them to really emphasize and to think about and so we've been looking at those and and tonight we're going to be thinking about uh, a passage that the title is about um, meeting our responsibilities and being honest in the work and the dealings that we have but uh, I'm going to focus on a very particular part of this because the Pearls book was about being honest in work and meeting your responsibilities. But I feel like we've covered that already in some things we've looked at on Sunday nights from, uh, from the Pearls study. And so we're going to focus on this one concept. In the chapter, the, the author talks about what it means to bear our cross. He mentions that just uh, in several lines, what it means to bear a cross. Jesus bearing a cross means this. Us bearing a cross means this. And so I've wanted to spend some time really being careful about this concept because I'm going to say what we're looking at tonight is meeting our responsibilities by bearing our own crosses. Because you've heard me say it before, but it bears repeating because it's so often misunderstood. I want you to hear me when I say this, okay? Now listen, because Jesus will say, you can't be his disciple if you don't bear your own cross you can't follow him if you don't bear a cross that makes it kind of a big deal and so i'm going to emphasize this tonight so that we can think through some things we've studied before we can think through some things we've read before but to make sure we understand how significant it is and make sure we understand the truth because to bear a cross is a big deal to bear a cross is not a minor inconvenience bearing a cross is such a big deal that it's bigger than any other major problem you may have in your life listen to me losing a job is a big deal that's not minor but bearing your cross is a bigger deal than that getting sick and having health challenges, that's a big deal. That's not minor. But bearing your cross is a bigger deal than that. Broken relationships hurt, and they're a big deal. They're not minor. But bearing a cross for Jesus Christ is bigger than that. Bearing our cross is bigger than our problems in our life. I hope that you will let that concept and let that sink in and make a difference to you so that you won't misunderstand that when Jesus says you got to bear your cross to follow me, you don't think, well, that just means I got to put up with some of these things that are just kind of kind of tough and kind of make my life upsetting sometimes, but I'll go through it for Jesus. That's not what he means. Let's start here. Let's go to this back up. Go to John 19 with me because I want you to see that the text of Scripture is going to show us what Jesus does and then show us what Simon does in, in helping Jesus with the cross, carrying Jesus across behind it, right behind him, and using that sort of as an illustration for us to think about the significance of bearing a cross. All right, so let's read in John 19 together. Because you and I absolutely have a responsibility. If we're going to be faithful disciples of Jesus the Christ, we're going to bear a cross in the way that pleases him. So John 19. 
John 19, let's start reading at verse 14. So John 19, 14. It was the day of preparation of the Passover, about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, that is Pilate, he said to the Jews, behold your king. And they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. And Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, we have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him, he delivered Jesus over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him, or, and with him two others, one on either side, Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and, and put it Put on it, it read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. So when Jesus bore his cross, that's what it says right there plainly, right? Verse 17, he went out bearing his own cross. When Jesus carried a cross, what was just a few moments later? What was just a roughly six hours later? His death. His death was just a few hours later. So when Jesus carried a cross, when Jesus bared a cross, bore a cross, it meant his death was imminent. Read with me in a place like Mark 15. Mark 15, verse 20. We're going to read in Mark and Luke both, so be ready to flip. Mark 15, verse 20. When they had mocked him, this is going to be Mark sharing the same thing we just read in John. When they had mocked him and they stripped him of the purple cloak, put his own clothes on him, and they led him out to crucify him. Remember, John had said Jesus was bearing his own cross. And so evidently, putting two and two together, evidently Jesus began the journey carrying his cross. But it says at verse 21, somewhere along the way, they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country. This was the father of Alexander and Rufus. They compelled this passerby, Simon, to carry his cross. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull. Then one more place. Go to Luke chapter 23. So in John 19 and, and Mark 15 and Luke 23, we're looking at the same account. All these different gospels are telling us about this same moment in time where Jesus was being taken to be crucified. So Luke 23, read with me beginning at verse 26. Luke 23, 26, as they led him away, so as they lead Jesus away, and the implication is here he is carrying his cross, they seized one Simon of Cyrene who was coming in from the country. And listen to this, I like the way Luke says it. They laid on him, they laid on Simon the cross to carry it behind Jesus. You see, he's telling us the same thing that Mark told us, but he says it in just a little bit different way. They took the cross from Jesus and they put it on Simon and he followed behind Jesus to the place of the skull. It says there followed a great multitude of people and women who were mourning and lamenting for him, for Jesus. For me, this literal passage, this, this account of history, this is what really took place in Jerusalem some 2,000 years ago. Jesus really was unfairly tried, unfairly condemned, beaten, spit on, mocked, stripped, 
and then they put a cross on him for him to go carry his own instrument of death to the place where he would finally be executed. Somewhere along the way, they brought in an outsider to, to carry this cross behind Jesus and follow him to the place of death. This literal image is helpful to me to understand what we're called to do. The cross is laid on our backs and we follow behind Jesus. And what we do is we put our own selfish desires down in order to carry this cross and take up His plan, in order to fulfill His will. It sounds strange. It might even sound oppressive. But this is the life that actually leads to joy and fulfillment. The greatest life is the one that is not selfish, but that is selfless and lives for Jesus. The life that truly is fulfilled, the life that truly is satisfying, is the life that's lived for Jesus rather than self. And that has to do with being the one who dies to self to carry a cross and follow behind Jesus. So let's go to some of those places. Go to Matthew 10. Some of these places where Jesus speaks of this uh, requirement he has for us to carry a cross. Matthew 10 is the first one. You could look at Luke 14, verse 27, but I want to read from Matthew 10. Matthew 10, read with me at verse 38. Matthew 10, 38. This is Jesus. Matthew 10, 38. Whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. It's easy to get caught up in the affairs of this life. It's easy to make the unimportant and the trivial into just the end-all, be-all. We can turn those things that don't matter into the things that just rock our world if they don't get taken care of. Jesus says, if you don't take up your cross, you know, to take up a cross means to march to your death. So when he says, you've got to take up a cross and follow me, he's not saying just put up with things that are inconvenient. He says, die to self in order to follow me. That is of the ultimate significance. Go over a few pages. Scroll over to, to Matthew 16. Because this is such a big deal. Quite evidently, it seems to me to be the case that this is one of those things. You know, Jesus had several topics, several subjects that he repeated. That the master teacher would teach on the plain, he would teach on the mountains, he would teach in the city, he would teach in the countryside. There were certain things that Jesus repeated again and again. One of the things he repeated was the fact he would tell his disciples, I'm going to Jerusalem, they're going to treat me shamefully, they're going to kill me, but I'll be raised again. He said that a lot. Evidently, he also said several times, numerous times, he said, if you don't take up your cross and follow me, you can't be with me. That was a repeated message. Here's Because here he's going to say the same thing again in Matthew 16. Start reading back at verse 21. Because I want you to see the setting of when it is that Jesus said this another time. Matthew 16, 21. From that time, this is after Peter makes the great confession. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Jesus would say that a lot. But Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. That shall never happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. 
You're a hindrance to me. Can you imagine what it would feel like for the person you love more than any other to call you Satan? You're, you're the adversary. You're my enemy. He says, you're not setting your mind on the things of God. Your mind is on the things of men. And so Jesus told the disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in return for his soul? You can look at Mark 8, verse 34, same thing there. Luke 9, 23, same thing there. But looking right here in Matthew 16, think about this with me. Peter, for some reason, evidently, thinks that he knows better than Jesus. Jesus, you've said such and such is going to happen, but that can't be. That could never happen. You've said this is the way to be. That can't be the way to be. You've said this is what needs to... Peter thinks he knows better than the Lord. He evidently was blinded by his own ideas, his own notions. He had his own way of thinking, the way things that should work out and be. He was seeing things from an earthly viewpoint rather than from a heavenly viewpoint, Jesus said. And it could be, I wouldn't be surprised, it could be in part that Peter would just hurt to lose Jesus. It would hurt to lose someone that he loves. I can identify with that and so can you. And so Peter thought, if we'll just avoid this, we can avoid that heartache. If you don't let them take you, if you, if you let us fight for you and, and set up a barrier around you, maybe that won't have to happen, and then we won't have to lose you. But Jesus made it plain. Jesus made it plain that to be found faithful, we have to deny ourselves and embrace and accept His will. We have to die to self, deny self, and embrace the will of God. That's what it is to take up a cross. To say, Lord, you know I don't. Lord, you know the way I don't know the way. This reminds me of what is in John chapter 14. When the disciples, Jesus says, I'm going away. And they say, where are you going? How do we follow? We don't know. He would say, have you been with me this, this long? You don't know the Father. I'm the way, truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except by me. They know those things. But the point is, you have to stop being selfish. You have to deny self and embrace the plan and will of God. That's taking up a cross. That's dying to self. The instrument of death, dying to self to live for Him. So Romans. The book of Romans is what... Um, this last the leaders is all about and so looking through Romans I was thinking about from, from what I can see the word cross doesn't even appear in the word in the book of Romans crucifixion only appears once maybe twice depending upon the translation you're looking at but the concept of the cross and the concept of cross bearing is in Romans a lot let me read a few passages with you go to Romans 14 Because practically speaking, I want you to see what cross-bearing looks like. And we're going to see it here in the book of Romans. In this deep, really powerful, uh, impressive theological work, here we're going to read about some situations where we deny self in order to embrace the will of God. We take up a cross in order to follow Jesus. Here's one, Romans 14, verse 13. Romans 14, 13. 
Let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide. Listen to this. Here's, here's taking up the cross, dying to self in order to embrace the will of God. Decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. If you are a stumbling block, if because of you, someone trips, stumbles, and sins and goes further from Jesus, you have not taken up your cross. To bear a cross for Jesus the Christ, to take up a cross and follow him, means that you will not put a stumbling block, you will not be a hindrance to a brother or sister. Because to put an hindrance in front of them, do something you want to do selfishly and cause them to stumble, you haven't died to self yet. He goes on, look at verse 19. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and mutual upbuilding. We'll come back and mention that in a moment. I want you to drop down to chapter 15, 15, 1. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Remember, Jesus said, deny yourself, take up a cross, die to self. He said, this is not to be pleasing to ourselves. Verse 2. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Because you know what that's going to do? That's going to be following Jesus the Christ. Verse 3. For Christ did not please himself, but as it's written. Now notice, here in verse 3, the word cross isn't mentioned. The word crucify is not mentioned. But this is talking about Jesus going to the cross. Christ did not please himself, but as it's written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Might as well continue by saying, when I went to the cross in your place you see he took up a cross and expects us to follow don't do this to please yourself do this to please others to build others up because christ didn't please himself he went to the cross for us so instead of thinking of self we do that which will keep others from sinning that's taking up a cross instead of thinking of self we think about what we can do to bring other people together that's carrying a cross. Instead of thinking of self, we do that which will build other people up and encourage them and build them up. That's carrying our own cross. And that's what Jesus did. He chose to die so that we could live. So here's some, here's some really practical things. Like if you're jotting this down, you got a notebook, or you're writing the margins of your Bible, say, how, what are some things I can do that tonight I can be more of a cross bearer? Well, just be somebody who's patient with other people. 1 Thessalonians 5.14. 1 Thessalonians 5.14. Be patient with each other. That means I'm taking up my own cross. I'm dying to self in order to put you first. I'm going to be patient with you. I'm going to pray for you. Matthew 5, verse 44. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. You want to do the will of God? Pray for people so that they'll come to know the truth. If I am taking the time to instead of saying, hey God, why don't you give me this and give me this and give me that. If I'm saying, Here's what they need. You think, of, you think of Robbie, you think of Scott, you think of Tommy. You pray for these other people. That's, that's carrying a cross. That's bearing a cross because you're denying self and putting others first and building them up. Forgiving others. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and tenderhearted, forgiving one another as Christ has forgiven you. If I recognize what the great things have been done for me by Almighty God, and I in turn seek to share those with others, that's cross-bearing. One other place I want you to go in Romans. Go to Romans chapter 6. Romans 6. We're going to read several lines here. About, about 11 verses. So a long passage we're going to read. 
But I want you to read this. As we read it together, be thinking with me, be intentionally thinking about the concept of, of bearing a cross, dying to self and, and living for others, living specifically for the Lord Jesus. So here we go, Romans 6.1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. Listen to this. How can we who died, we've gone to the cross, we've borne a cross. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we've been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been, been set free from sin. Now, if we've died with Christ, we believe we'll also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider, listen to this, you also must consider yourselves dead to sin. You must consider yourself to be a bearer of the cross, the instrument of death. You must consider yourself to be dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. So he says here, literally, in order to be someone who, who bears a cross for Jesus Christ, you literally begin by being buried with him. Buried with him and then raised in the power of the resurrection. You know that's, that's making reference to the waters of baptism. That he was buried and put in a tomb, and three days later he walked out to new life. For you and me, when we are buried with Christ in baptism and raised with him to a resurrection, the power of the resurrection, to a brand new life, clean, clear, cleansed, added to the kingdom. It's a new life. So we're literally buried with him and raised in the power of the resurrection, and now here's where our cross-bearing continues. If you're going to bear a cross for Christ, you're going to stop sinning willfully. Stop sinning. I didn't say stop sinning. That'd be great. But that doesn't happen. To bear a cross, as we just read in Romans chapter 6, means you stop sinning willfully. Hear me what I'm saying. Because we're never going to stop sinning on this side of eternity. 1 John chapter 1 verse 8 and 1 John chapter 1 verse 10 says, if you try to say you have no sin, you're a liar. And God knows it. And so what he says here is that we're, to, we're never going to stop sinning this side of eternity, but we can stop wanting it. We can stop loving it. We can stop enjoying it. We can, we can feel guilt and we can feel remorse over it. We can seek help to overcome it. We can seek help and, and comfort and strength to try and remove it from ourselves, help have others help us remove it from ourselves. We can stop sinning willfully. That's what he says here in Romans 6. If you're bearing a cross with me, if you've died with me, stop sinning willfully. Next is the idea that the person who carries a cross behind Jesus, they know what sin is and they hate it. For the sake of Jesus, they want to get rid of it. For the sake of Jesus, they want to overcome it. And we learn that right here in this passage, we see that what we're to want is we're to want what he wants, love what he loves, and hate what he hates. And so he says here, 
in Romans 6, this, this beautiful passage that we most often just look at to say, see, you need to be baptized, be forgiven. And that's true. But there's so much more being said here than just be baptized. He says, die to self. Carry this cross because you recognize you need his help to stop sinning. And that's what someone who carries a cross does. You want to stop it. You want to be separated from it. You want to stop enjoying it. You want others to, to see you as someone who's divorced from, separated from, separate from sin. That's part of what it is to bear a cross. You don't want the sin in your life anymore. There's a quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, World War II uh, theologian. We've talked about him before. He, has, he wrote a number of books. Uh, one was called The Cost of Discipleship. The Cost of Discipleship. Let me read you this passage. The cross is laid on every Christian. The first Christ suffering, which every man must experience, is the call to abandon the attachments of this world. It is that dying of the old man, which is the result of his encounter with Christ. As we embark upon discipleship, we surrender ourselves to Christ in union with his death. We give over our lives to death. Thus it begins. The cross is not, listen to this, the cross is not the terrible end to an otherwise God-fearing and happy life, but it meets us at the beginning of our communion with Christ. When Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. That's what it is to take up a cross is that I recognize that to follow Christ, the cross is the beginning of my life because of what he did and continues to do and because of my dying to sin for him, dying to self, to be with him. The cross is the beginning and Jesus Christ has bid me to come be with him and die. Are you ready to meet your responsibility to bear a cross? Are you ready and willing to die to self and live for Jesus. Bearing a cross, it's as big as it gets. In fact, it's bigger than any of the problems in our lives that we face. God calls us and he bids us to come and die. If you need encouragement or help in any kind of way of bearing your cross and carrying it as you follow Jesus the Christ, if we want you to, to live in a way that glorifies the Lord. If we can help you in any way, the Lord calls you to repent of your sins, confess Jesus as the Son of God, and be baptized for those forgiveness of those sins. And he asks you to come and live with him each day, taking up your cross to follow him. Let's take up our crosses together. Let's follow Christ in a way that is fitting of the death he died for us, and as we seek to die for him. Come while we stand and sing.